Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. And this episode is a really cool one. If you're a first-time listener to the show, this is the episode to jump on. We're going to go right back to basics. We're going to talk about how to start a business, and we're going to challenge the issue around what to do. What three steps can you take right now to start that business that you've been thinking about starting? And that is not to say that you need to leave your job. You can do something on the side. You can turn a passion into a business. This is for anyone that wants to look at business. So I'm really looking forward to this. This is a really, really fun, cool episode. And with me today is the CEO and co-founder of Orderella, Mr. Dennis Collett. Welcome, sir. Hi, Mike. Thanks for the intro. You are very welcome, sir. Now, Orderella, that's quite an interesting concept. Just tell the guys listening out there a little bit about Orderella and actually a little bit about your business acumen, a bit about your journey. What do you do? Sure. So, so let, let's start with Orderella. Basically, what we are is a mobile ordering and payment platform for hospitality. And in a way, what we're doing is we're turning your smartphone into a mobile waiter. And we are on a mission to end queuing in a busy bar because let's face it, who likes queuing in a busy environment? <laughs> I can never get served. I'm always, I've got one of those faces that people ignore at a bar. So I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm up for this. <laughs> and that's exactly the reason why we started because I'm in the same position as you were. <laughs> <laughs> those are our poor faces. I love that. And okay, so what's your personal background, Dennis? Where did you come from? Where's Where's Dennis from? So, so um, well, I'm, as, as you can hear from my accent, I'm, I'm German by um, born, and uh, I started my career in London. And uh, I used to be a banker and then a consultant. And at one point, I was kind of tired of the corporate world, and decided, um, you know what, I I want to do my own business. And I was waiting for the right idea. And then I was uh, in a pub with two friends, now co-founders, and it was my turn to get the next round. And it took like 10, 15 minutes till I came back with the drinks. I was sitting there, there needs to be, or there must be an easier way to how you can get served, where you get your drinks, you pay for it, and then you can leave. So basically, actually spending more time with your friends rather than queuing. Yeah, and it's a good concept as well. You know, the idea is really solid in the idea that, you know, this on I like this on-demand idea as well. You know, there's so many services now moving into on-demand. I want this when I want it. And, you know, this is exactly what you're doing with, with Orderella, which I really admire. And I think it's the way the world's going, isn't it? You know, the tech world is now aiding, I guess, our day-to-day lives. They're, they're not these grand gestures. It's getting a taxi, it's ordering food, it's ordering a drink. You know, it's really helping us in the most menial of tasks, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually, you're absolutely spot on. That's a paradigm shift in consumer expectations is that um, you want service when you demand it, not when the waiter is standing behind you looking over your shoulder and saying, are you ready to order? You want to order when you want to order. You want to be served when you want to be served. You want to pay when you want to pay. And you want to leave when you want to leave. That's that's the basics of it. And you mentioned like your taxi. Yes, I mean, take it... um, a typical night out, you, you leave, you go to a bar or a pub, you can now order your drinks when you want. You can actually order them on the way. 
waiting for you at the bar, like having a good night, then you want to go home. So you order your taxi, you can do an Uber or Halo, whatever it is. Same with like hotels, you know, like if your accommodation, there's, there's Airbnb out there now, just eat for food. You're at home, you want to get some delivery, you just use Just Eat. And then basically that's where Orduella fits in as kind of becoming your nightlife companion. It's like, where do you go? What are the good bars? How, where do you get served? And where do you actually have a hassle-free night out and spend more time with your friends? Yeah. And as I say, I love the idea of that, the idea that you're making people's lives easier. And I, I think technology is making people's lives incrementally easier. As I said before, it's not the big grand gestures. It's the little bits that causes frustrations. You know, it's not yes. necessarily problem solving. It's just making this piece of this a little bit easier. And I think it's a fantastic world we live in when that, that can be the case. And how did Orderella come about physically then? Obviously you had the idea and you just explained that beautifully, but what were the next steps? You know, what did you do? How did you come up from a concept into a fully formed, fully functioning business? Yes, so I think uh, the important uh, to note is that we we all were still in full time employment, and you, you in your introduction to your show, you mentioned it. Depending on your situation, do you have a job right now? Do you come from uni? What are you doing? And I think there are different ways. Um, so I can tell you from my experience, um, which was that we were in full time employment, and we kind of developed the idea on the side. And the key thing is really here: nothing is stopping you. Right? You 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 can work in the evenings. You can on work on weekends, etc. So that's absolutely. If you have an idea, you can you can follow through with it. Um, what I'm telling you is from from our side is we started doing some research because we didn't believe that there was nothing out there, and we couldn't believe that not anyone else has done it before. And so we spent a good time in in doing research. Internet couldn't find anyone in Europe who was doing a similar thing, and I decided, okay, so let, let's take that to the next level. And then A, you have to see what's the idea and what's required. So you have to look at your team members. So can you do everything yourself? Do you have all the required skills? And in my personal case, uh, no, I was lacking a lot of these skills. So I had to get a lot of people on board. But also we we took some outside help. So we didn't have the kind of the tech knowledge, the development um, capabilities. So we looked for an IT agency. And then you, again, you do your internet research, you get some credentials in, and uh, we had three different companies pitching. We, do, we selected one, and they actually delivered version one of our product. And I, I think it's a brilliant time because it allows you to also continue with your job and develop the product on the site till you think it's uh, market ready. I think that that's really interesting, the idea that if you can... If you can conceive something, there is some way that you can get it out there. Whether you're a bit of a, a hobbyist coder yourself or whether you're bootstrapping it and you're kind of finding friends and family and colleagues and you know partners that believe in it to help you build it or whether you're commissioning someone. This is what I love about this startup world at the minute. You're taking all these boundaries that were around before, all these excuses around, well, you know, I'm kind of short on time or I'm kind of short on resources or I don't really know where to look. Like all those excuses are just blown out of the water because you've got everything you need, haven't you? Yes, uh, I mean I, I couldn't agree more. It is really, it depends how much help you need, how much help you want, but whatever it is, it is there. 
Uh, nowadays, you mentioned the startup world. There's so many incubators who can help you with everything. So if you, you're lacking maybe strategy skills or finance skills, or in our case, uh, development skills, it is out there. And you just um, have to look and go out there to write events, go to some conferences, to networking events, talk about your idea, and um, also talk about what, what, you're, what you're looking for. And if you do that, you will find it as well. Do you think, Dennis, that there's a bit more of a, <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of a cultural shift in that people generally in business, and even now this is, I'm starting to see this seep into the general populace. People are now becoming more open to the opportunities. So you may find yourself in a bar wanting to solve a problem and people aren't saying, this is, this. what is this? This is crazy. What is this talk? You've got a job. People are much more open to, yeah, all right, let's, let's try this. Is that, you know, is that a cultural thing? Well, I, I think especially the UK, um, it's, it's very entrepreneurial. Um, what, what people are doing in London and trying to build like a second Silicon Valley of the Silicon Roundabout, it is absolutely amazing, the opportunities now. And you're right, that, that shift in, in kind of people's mindset and thinking. And maybe the financial crisis 2007-2008 had um, its, its part to play as well, given that yeah, all these corporate jobs, nothing is, is safe anymore, that, that old too big to fail. And I see actually, you know what, it happens. And uh, you have now an opportunity to maybe do follow your dreams. And I see it over the last couple of years that more and more people actually do take that jump and that leap of faith, if you want. Um, I'll give you an example. After I've started or I've resigned from my corporate job and um, started Orvella, which is one and a half years ago only, I had at least five of uh, my friends who actually did the same, saying, this is amazing. And you know what? I have an idea. I'll do the same. So, And they're so diverse, these ideas as well. Someone um, opened kind of a, a soup kitchen and selling soups. You know, it, uh, it doesn't have to be tech always. It's, sometimes it's the simple ideas that count, but the key thing is, you can. You have the support network and infrastructure, especially in the UK. Um, it is there, and um, there's so much help you can get. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think the UK really is a really thriving scene, as you say, down in Shoreditch and so on. It's such a, it's such a vibrant, vibrant community to be a, to, to be a part of. And you know, Google are opening up there. You've got people. You've got tech stars. You've got kind of seed camp all working in that kind of environment. It's a fantastic, fantastic place, and. One of the things I just want to move into, actually, Dennis, is this idea that you don't have to do one or the other. You can work a job. You can you can work in your off time. You can restructure jobs. You can do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. There are no real excuses, you know. And one of the biggest excuses that people struggle with is time. People always make the excuse, "Well, I just don't have the time for that." How did you guys manage that? What was the catalyst for you to say, "Right, okay." Here's what we're going to do. And then how did you approach that from a time perspective? Yes. Yeah, so, so for me personally, I see it as one of the big advice I can give is trying to get kind of a minimal viable product out there as soon as possible. If it's Even if it's a PowerPoint, you know, saying put your ideas on a PowerPoint, on a presentation, if it's a clickable PDF, but something that you can show to other people and then go around, you know, don't be afraid to open up your idea and think it's being copied. It's just talk to as many people as you can and see, is there anything that does it have legs? Does your idea have legs? And then you really you follow through with it. And what we did is uh, step one is we engaged um, that IT agency to develop the product. 
we still spend time on in the evenings and every weekend. So one thing you do can kiss goodbye. That is like a leisurely weekend, um, you know, going just to chill in a, in a park or in a pub. That's not going to happen anymore if you want to be serious about your business. But you, you do, you can do your corporate job. And then on the side, you do it, especially if you get um, help from someone else. The question, the key question is then, when do you go full time? And and for me, I did made a decision when when we felt we are product ready. So we have developed version one, ready to really go to market and basically launch. And that's when, personally, I think you have to go full time. You show your commitment, you show your belief in your product, and then you really you you go one hundred ten percent for it. I, again, totally agree with that one. I think. As I say, you can build something up on the side, and there's no, like, there's no harm in that. I think a lot of people are a bit worried about that. I think they're a bit worried about telling people that they're doing that, and this kind of this really old school mentality that I'm kind of a little bit worried about my boss finding out, particularly someone that's not in a managerial position, someone that's you know perhaps kind of early twenties, mid twenties, thinking to themselves, well, I'm not really accelerating my career path, so let's just do something. There seems to be this kind of fear that well, if my boss finds out, I'll be in trouble, and that you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And the people that, certainly the people that I've spoken to in that situation, when, when they've, when they've told people, as, as you say, when they've developed a presentation, when they've created a PDF or a video or whatever it is, and the people where they are working find out, it's actually just support. And it tends to help the career that they've got already because it shows the initiative, it shows the entrepreneurial spirit. So that there are kind of these peripheral benefits as well, I think that, that perhaps we don't always see, you know, yeah, I, I just had to laugh when you mentioned about um, telling your boss about your idea because I actually did exactly that. Um, <laughs> really early on when we had the idea, I, I told um, my partner or my boss um, about what we're doing, what we're planning to do, and um, just to be clear, saying, look, this is what I'm doing on the side. And um, his response was, well, that's, um, that sharpens your entrepreneurial skills. That's fantastic. Yeah, go after it. And uh, and when I resigned, um, his, his comment was only, well, I let you go only if I'm allowed to invest. Um, yeah, so it, it worked out in my case. That's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I love that. I, in fact, I was talking to Jared Easley from Podcast Movement a while ago, and he had a very similar experience. And it just goes to show that karma works out really, really weirdly. And you just, you just got to follow what you want to do, aren't you? If you truly believe in it, why not follow it? You know, the, the, there's no real boundaries to that. And Actually, I just I like to move on now, Dennis. To we talk normally right at the end about the three actionable tips, and what I'd like to do, I'm just just looking at the tips that we've got ahead for people, and I think we can probably warrant digging into these a little bit further. Um, so we've got three actionable tips, very specifically on starting a business that you've put together, and I just want to look at actionable tip number one, and perhaps have a little discussion on that one. So, actionable tip number one, what is that, sir? What do we have for people? So, so how to start a business? I mean. For, for me, it's, it's back to a point to really, step one is create as quickly as possible a product that you can show and share ideas with. That is really, for me, step one is because that means that you have done your research, you do believe in the idea, and then you can really create a product which people can refine. I think this is, this is really step one. Second one is um, keep things simple. So you will see on the way that there's so many opportunities. And I find sometimes that after a day, I felt like all I was doing today was just prioritizing. So 
you really, really have to keep it simple. And that's, that's both from how you set up your structure, from your product as well. You, you need to have a core product and believe in your core product and don't just add random features. And whenever you have an idea and say, oh, that would be cool to do that. And then we can add X, Y, Z. It's really, what's your core product? Keep it simple and stick to it. In our case, it's mobile ordering and payment. That's what we're doing. There are a lot of other features we can add, and we're doing over time, but for day one is really keep it simple. And then the third one to maybe to really, once you're on track, you, you started your business, you decided you're doing it, you're bringing your product out, you're keeping it simple, but then it's, it's really about scale. And one of the scale things, what you can do is, is partnering with actually larger corporations, large, um, cooperate with larger brands or well-known brands because there's a huge appetite and especially now again in the UK for, for these large corporations to kind of become cool and trendy and actually work with startups and they help you to grow with them or, or you can grow and you have them on your side, which obviously will present your, your company in a much, much bigger and better light. So for me, these are the three, three things is, you know, start it, keep it simple and secure some key partnerships. I love those because that, I mean, that is a real, you know, there are only three tips there, but you can see by following that kind of broad roadmap that you can create a business that is scalable. I just want to dig into the, the first tip very specifically because that, that feels very interesting. Get something out, you know, get the minimum viable product out there. And I would imagine that so many people would struggle with that. And I guess combining that with, with tip two, keep it simple. How do you, how do you stick to your guns? How do you stop adding? How do you stop gaining this feedback and implementing everything that comes your way? Where do you, and how do you draw the line on that? I, I wish we would have really always stuck to our guns. Uh, obviously, a lot of times we, we just follow this advice. But no, it's sometimes hindsight is also a beautiful thing, right? Uh, no, so the key thing is why by getting that minimal viable product out, it 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 focuses you on keeping it simple. It is really what is it what you want to do, put it down, and it really helps you to focus on on, on drilling it down to what is the essence of what you're doing. And then when, once you define that and you see that's the idea, then go out with it. And that doesn't mean that along the lines, along your way and journey over, I don't know, six, 12 months, you might actually do a pivot and you change it. But you have to be careful of that kind of that um, scope creep that you, you keep adding and um, distracting from what you really want to do. If you do a pivot, then do a proper pivot and, and really change your strategy. Um, but on the way is really... A minimal viable product means that you just can show something to someone. That will help you to refine it. And then from there, you say, okay, now that's what my product, I keep it simple. And this is what I keep like telling people and get feedback on board. So, and how can you avoid it that, um, the, I mean, I've heard it so many times when I say, oh, that's absolutely brilliant, Dennis. That's amazing. And you know what? I would be doing it if you could do X, Y, Z on top of it okay so sometimes we actually have done it we have listened to customers feedback or to, to the operators and we added and some of these features which we developed particular for them um 12 months later not live because actually no one wanted them it's is when you ask 10 different people you will get 15 different answers 
and this is is the trick is and always try to bring it back say look i i hear you that's that's really interesting and we will include in our roadmap going forward i think that that's uh something we could have done better in the, in the last 12 months something we're now addressing um more and more where we're saying that, that's all good this is our product you know and at one point once you demonstrated some scale already and we have proven our product is now saying day one or that's where we are that's our product where we continue to innovate we will add new features but for now that's the product and that's where you don't have to stick to your guns you only can do that after you've proven yourself i think that's really really powerful and i'm sort of imagining people sat there running the nine to five that they're not really happy with and kind of having these little bits of ideas never really doing anything with them because they feel too big they feel too problematic what's the first stage and i think that's a really powerful tip that i think the idea of getting something really almost crude and rudimentary just to prove the concept and then get the feedback that shapes the development of that product or that service like that feels attainable if you're sat in business and you sorry sat in a, a corporate environment or you're just in a position that you don't like being in but you have an idea it's not this big insurmountable challenge all, yeah. you, all you have to do is get the the minimum viable product and don't be embarrassed about how crude it is you know yeah, I know exactly. I, I once heard this, this quote: "If you think that your product is perfect and you're launching, then you have actually launched too late." So you know, use your customers as well to help you get their feedback on board, and you're finding it. It's um, there's you're not the only expert out there, basically, right? So so get something in front of it and see if people love it or hate it, and then go from there. Absolutely. And not only that, you'll find that you open up so many more ideas and revenue streams and services and bolt-ons that will that theoretically can define the business for the next 12, 24, 36 months from this initial round of feedback, which is so important. I mean, imagine being in a market where the customers tell you what they want to buy. That's that's the, the ultimate, isn't it? And that's what we're saying. If you can get that minimum viable product, people will tell you what they want. Yeah, I mean, that would be the dream if they exactly tell you what they want and then you easily implement it. But, you know, sometimes it's a little bit harder than that. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does sound nice, doesn't it? It, does sound yes. nice. it is a lot of hard work. So we don't want to give you false uh, promises or expectations. It's, it's still um, down to you to see, to, to maybe filter through all the feedback and say what is what's feasible for you at day one, at day two, and what are the next steps. And that's back to the point about prioritizing. Yeah, and that's the key. I mean, when you are setting something up, especially if you're running something on the side of the of a, a, a company job that you're working right now, that prioritization, not only of the feedback, but of your own time, that's where people really, really struggle as well. And is that something that in the early days you found difficult or was it quite natural? You know, the idea that you've got to focus in one direction or the other. Did, did you assign roles within the team or how did that kind of play out? Uh, we, we kind of work collaboratively, um, but um, given our different backgrounds, uh, it kind of fell kind of na naturally in who's doing what, who's looking at, at what point. But um, the, the key thing is just the, the biggest thing is just do it. You know? So this is um, where you have to see is how long if you resign from your job, if you really follow through with it, how long can you survive? Well, you know, get some get some funding and you know, also something some savings in as well and that is the, the beauty of actually starting your business while still being in full-time employment you, you can 
develop it on the side. And it always depends as how, how quickly do you have to get it to market? That's, that's the other question, right? Um, and then the other point for me is don't be afraid to take funding and you know, outside funding because um, don't be afraid of giving some equity away. It just um, releases a lot of pressure. It helps you to develop your product quicker. It helps you to go to market quicker. So uh, there, there are different options out there. So Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think the, the idea around the equity is something that people will become more and more open with as well. You know, we live in this 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 funding world where people can go through various rounds of funding for their products. And as you say, you've got your incubators and you've got all sorts of different options, especially in the tech world. And the sooner you get to grips with the idea that you may have to give a bit of equity away, but look, it's better to have a percentage of something fantastic than hundred percent of something that's not very good. You know, that's, that's something that people have to get their head around. And if it can be quite difficult, that can't it? Because it's your baby, you know? Yeah, but but if you you want that your baby is growing as quickly as possible and as strong as possible, so outside help is um, always at least you should consider it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with that one. And Dennis, what I'd like to do just before we wrap up, actually, sir, is just recap those three tips. So if you wouldn't mind just running those past the listeners once more. Yes. So I mean, step one is is really trying to get your idea on paper or build a minimal viable product as quickly as possible. Um, once that is out, try to keep it simple. Don't just add feature after feature after feature. Really focus on your core product. And then once you, you've proven your, your business concept and you're out and you've launched, then try to secure some key partnerships, work with other corporations together. It gives you a much better image and it kind of pretends that you're bigger than you are. And um, that helps you to scale on the later stage. Yeah, perfect. Love that. Really good, really good, solid tips there. Thank you, Dennis. And one other thing that I would add to that is something just to pick up on what you said a moment ago, which is just start, just start doing it because there's no better time to do it. Everything, everything will not line up. Nothing will be perfect. So just start doing it. Take that first step. I totally, totally advocate that. And Dennis, that's been such a fantastic episode. What I like about that is that you're actually doing this. You've done that. You had the idea. I love the idea that we've taken this from an idea in a bar right through to a business that's earning and making money right now that people can actually get a hold of. So thank you so much for doing that. And just before we wrap up, Dennis, actually, would you just mind telling the people listening where they can find you online? Yes, no problem. Um, so yes, you, you can just drop me an email at uh, Dennis at Orderella Co. UK. I'm on LinkedIn, um, so just uh, very easy. Dennis, call it, and you can you can find me, and I'm happy to have a chat. Super stuff, Dennis. It really has been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Marcus, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And guys, don't forget, if you're listening out there and you want to get hold of everything that myself and Dennis have spoken about today head on over to excellence-expected.com for a copy of the show notes and all of the links to everything that we've discussed. And whilst you're over there, if you're thinking about setting up something on the side whilst working a job, you're going to need more time. So pick up your free copy of the essential 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. And that will most certainly help you in this new venture of yours. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you once again to Dennis. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye for now.